Well, praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. Hello, this is Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I thank you so much for joining me once again for another broadcast right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, on today's broadcast, we're going to go into a part number three of the series entitled Freedom. And today's subtitle is Breaking Free. My friends, you're going to break free today and you're going to discover how Jesus has cut some things away from you and it's going to make your life so much easier and it's going to ensure that you have victory in this life. Jesus really made it possible for you and I. Oh yes, let me tell you, don't forget to go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. There you can find today's message and the entire series. Well, finally, without any further ado, here comes today's message entitled Breaking Free, right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Amen. Y'all ready to get started this morning? All right. Uh, Again, we're in a series entitled Freedom. This is part number three. And today's subtitle is Breaking Free. Turn to your name and tell them we're breaking free. So we've got, a, we've got a good long ways to go today, and uh, I'm, I'm here. I'm glad that you are here to experience this with me. Yes, fine. All right, y'all ready to have our morning confession? Ready. All right, let's do our morning. Can you see that? Is that good? You see that good? All right. All right, let's go ahead and uh, say our confession. This, this is our series confession, and it goes like this. Well, before we do that, let's pray. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for this time that you have ordained to take place. Lord, we pray today that you would speak by your spirit and uh, that you would just lead us in the way that we should go. Instruct us. Holy Spirit, you're the one who leads us, into, leads us into truth, and we ask you now to teach us and uh, let your anointing just break yokes and cause deliverance to come forth. We're really depending on you today. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right. Well, um, I'm going to read this first, and then I will have you to read it after me, okay? All right, as we did last week. It says, today I declare the decree. I am an overcomer. I am a new creation uh, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. I am free from the bondages of, of religion, sin, and death. I am a child of the Most High God. I am the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. I will thrive, increase, and be a blessing to those around me. I have received abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. Therefore, I shall reign in life through Jesus Christ. All right, now let's read it together if you can, if you will. Ready? Let's go. Today I declare the decree. I am an overcomer. I am a new creation created in Christ Jesus to do good works. I am free from the bondages of religion, sin, and death. I am a child of the Most High God. I am the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. I will thrive, increase, and be a blessing to those around me. I have received abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. Therefore, I shall reign in life through Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's important that you continue to confess God's word over your life. It's important that you do that. So I want to challenge you, challenge you to declare these words every day. I want to challenge you to put the word of God in your mouth on a daily basis. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. All right. So our, our scripture was um, in um, 
John the eighth chapter, John the eighth chapter, verse 21 through 36. So y'all, how many of you want to hear the word of God today? Amen. All right. Now wa- wave at me real good. Wave at me re- real good. Okay. All right. So does everybody see the hands waving? Come on, come on. All right. For the sake of those that have their hands waving, please, if you need to talk, go outside. So that way nobody will be disturbed. Amen. How many of you love going to the movies? You spent $18, $20, $30 movies only to have somebody behind you talking through the whole movie. Do you enjoy that? Isn't that a wonderful feeling? No, no, no. I came to hear a word from the Lord. Amen. All right. So tell your neighbor, neighbor, excuse me while I listen. I love you, though. Well, all right, here we go. All right, so here we go. Uh, John 8, chapter, verses 21 through 36, it says this. Then said Jesus again to them, I go my way, and ye shall seek me, and shall die in your sins. Whether I go, ye cannot come. Then said the Jews, will he kill himself? Because he saith, whether I go, ye cannot come. And he said unto them, ye are from beneath, I am from above. Ye are of this world, I am not of this world. I said therefore unto you that ye shall die in your sins. For if ye believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. Then said they unto him, Who art thou? And Jesus saith unto them, Even the same that I said unto you from the beginning. I have many things to say and to judge of you. But he that sent me is true. And I speak to the world those things which I have heard of him. They understood not that he spake to them of the Father. Then said Jesus unto them, When ye have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall ye know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself. But as my Father hath taught me, I speak these things. And he that sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. Verse 30, and this is where we stopped off on last time. As he spake these words, many believed on him. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, We be Abraham's seed. What are you talking about, Jesus? We be Abraham's seed, and we're never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, ye shall be made free? Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever uh, committeth sin is the servant of sin. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth ever. If the son therefore shall make you free, what will happen? You shall be free indeed. indeed. Now, looking back up to verse number 30. um, Help me read verse 31, verse 30, 31, 32. Let's go. As he spake these words, many believed on him. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Praise the Lord. Isn't that awesome? That's an awesome word. All right, so we're going to continue right back in this line of, um, right back in this line of teaching, following the leading of the Lord uh, for we're going to start here, verse 30, but we talked about so much on last week. And last week's subject was, our uh, subtitle was Problem Solved. 
problem solved. So if you haven't heard that, uh, again, I would advise you to please hear that CD uh, when it is available. Please go online and watch the video all over again. Make sure you get the Word of God in you, okay? But today we're going to go on and starting in verse number 30. Now, notice what it says in verse number 30. It says, as he spake these words, something happened. What does it say? Many believed on him. As he spake, people did what? Believe. As he spake, people did what? Believe. As he spake, people did what? Believe. All right, so the question would be, what did he speak to cause them to believe? Okay. So if we go back in the entire eighth chapter, I pulled out about five things here that he spake that caused them to believe. So, as he spake these words, many believed. So, the question is, what did he speak? Number one, we can see really in verse number 11, this is not on the screen. You have to go back later in your own uh, Bibles and see this, but if you have your Bible, you can read with me. But verse 11, uh, there's a woman caught in the act of adultery. And he says to her, go, um, your sins are forgiven. Go sin no more. So, they're hearing this same group of people and they're hearing Jesus forgive the sin of this woman that was caught in the act of adultery. Hmm. Begin, they're beginning to believe. In verse number 12, Jesus tells them that I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, hmm, but shall have the light of life. They're beginning to believe. And then in um, verse 23, Jesus tells them, I am from above. You are from beneath. I am, you're of this world. I am not of this world. They're beginning to believe, right? Verse 24, he tells them, I'm the Messiah. If you don't believe that I am he, in other words, I am the Messiah. In verse number 26, he says, I've got many things to judge of you. So he is judge. In verse 28, we see how Jesus is also a humble man and that um, he doesn't do things his way, but he only does the things that the Father has taught him. Are you hearing? In verse 29, really just caps it. 29, it caps it, Odell. It says this, uh, Jesus says, God is always with me. And I do always those things that please him. That's big. And so the Bible says, as he spake these words, many believed. As he told them, I'm Messiah. Uh, the Father is always with me. I always do those things that please him. I'm from above. If you follow me, you won't walk in darkness. They began to believe. So Jesus, so the Bible says here, uh, as he spake, people began to believe, spake these words. So we've heard some of the words that he began to speak and they began to believe. All right. Now notice what happens here. It says, as he spake these words, many believed on him. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, what? If you continue in my word. Now the word if is powerful. He tells them if. Now, I want you to see uh, this picture. Because we said before that when you believe in Jesus, when you believe in the Lord, you're on your way to heaven. Amen. You're on the road to heaven. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. You started your journey. Yes. We talked about in the beginning of the series about the, about the golden ticket in the red toolbox, yes. right? 
Jesus alone, your faith in Jesus alone uh, makes you righteous in the sight of God. God counts unto you righteous because you believe and trust in Jesus. He's your Lord. He's your Savior. Amen? Amen. Now, we understand that if we're going to continue to be down here in this world, in this life, we're going to need to do other things. We're going to need to study the Bible. We're going to need to pray and seek his face. We're going to need to do some other things for our survival. Amen? Amen. Amen. <clears throat> but believing in Christ Jesus alone puts you on the road. Right. Yes. Isn't that something? Yes. Now look back at the verse. He says again, then said Jesus to those Jews which believed. All right, they believe. They're following the yellow brick road. Follow, 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 follow. They're following the yellow brick road. So they're on the yellow brick road. And they're on their way going to heaven. Hallelujah. Isn't that wonderful? He said to those that believed, that believed, so they're on the road to heaven. Amen? Amen? Now, there is a fork in the road. He used the word if, and so we have this picture here. If. Now, you can choose to uh, continue in his word. See, the if is a fork in the road. You can choose to continue in his word, or you can choose not to continue in his wor word. Both of these roads will end up in heaven. Why? Because they believe in Jesus. But somebody's wondering, well, which road should I take? Should I continue in his word or not continue in his word? Now, understand something. Look back at the verse again. If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. Then, so the one world where people are continuing his word, they are becoming disciples. The other ones are not. The disciples will walk with power with God. The others will not. You understand? A disciple, I love that disciple-master relationship. Because in the disciple-master relationship, you'll see that the disciple will begin to walk in the same anointing, the same power as the master. The master then begins to teach the disciple. The disciple is the pupil. The master personally teaches and trains the disciple. Amen. So you have that in continuing in his word, but you don't have that in not continuing in his word. In the master-disciple relationship, the master, we can say, the sensei and the pupil relationship, you have that. That's when the Lord tells the, the pupil, wax on wax off. You see that crane technique coming on. You see that, right? You hurting? Here we go. That's way back in the day, isn't it? But you see that relationship, master, uh, servant, sensei or pupil, I don't know what they call in karate, or what they, pupil relationship, you have that one-on-one -on -one training, but you don't have it when you don't continue. Amen. Are you hearing? Amen. So he said, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. Indeed, meaning truly, if you are truly a disciple, you are truly a follower of him. Amen. And then he says, and you will know truth You'll know truth on this road, yes. continuing in his, in his word. Yes. You will not on that road. Amen. You'll know truth, and that truth that you know will do what? It'll make you free. It'll set you free. Yes. Now, notice something. The word if, 
uh, denotes a personal choice that every believer will have to make. You will have to make the decision. Am I going to continue in the Lord's word or not going to continue in his word? And really to make that decision is very simple. Very simple. You just have to ask yourself some questions. Uh, you can ask yourself, um, how much victory do I want to have in this life? A, a little or a lot? Uh, ask yourself the question, uh, uh, how much do you want to hear Jesus say to you, well done, thou good and faithful servant? A little bit or a lot? How much power do you want over the devil? A little bit or a lot? How much do you want to know Jesus? A little or a lot. How much do you want to move in the power of God? A little or a lot? How much do you want to be like him? Yeah. How much do you want to please God? A little or a lot? One way would take you there. Now, both roads would get to heaven. Both roads will. But this road, continuing his word, gives you victory in this life. Some say, well, I got my ticket. I know I'm going to heaven, and one day I'm going to have peace. One day I'm going to have joy. One day that devil's not going to be on me. One day I know I'll be with the Lord forever. I won't have to worry about bills then. I won't have to worry about aches and pains then. I won't have to worry. You're putting all that off for later. When Jesus is saying, you can have it now. I think somebody's really getting this today. Okay? Now, both roads will have tribulation. Both roads will have affliction. But one road, you're going to come over that and get over that. Both roads will have storms. But on the one that continues with the Lord's word, you'll be able to speak to the storm. Are you hearing? Amen. So it's how much victory do you want? How much joy do you want? How much peace do you want now? See, but this decision has to be made on a daily basis. Because there's always going to be something that's going, to, that's going to pull you away, pull you away out of the things of God. There's always somebody else that will be calling you on the phone, always another text message or another post or something. There'll always be something to pull you out of the presence of God. Always something. It's a daily decision that you're going to have to make, or that you're going to continue in his word. We can really stop right there and go home. Amen. So I'll ask you the question, have you decided which road you're going to take? Amen. And this is just not a decision in this room. This really will impact your life when you leave this room. Say, I want to watch one more movie. Now it's late. Now I'm tired. I don't feel like getting in the Bible. I got so much stuff to do. I got to run, 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 run. Some people calling me. I really don't have time. You're choosing not to continue. <sighs> Let's go on. I see you're really paying attention now. Believing, as we said before, believing and continuing in his word are two different things. 
Believing in Christ Jesus assures you of you're, you're going to heaven. Thank you, Lord. But continuing in his word gives you victory now in this life. It affects you right now. It also will affect your eternity because you'll have uh, greater rewards waiting for you there. Hallelujah. It's like the man that told the story, uh, Jeff, I think Jeff told the story about uh, Jesus Christ standing on the um, one side of the river, other side, you know, other side of the bank, and there's a man there with a rowboat, and, and, uh, and he's really struggling, rowing, 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 trying to get to Jesus on the other side, trying to get to Christ on the other side. Well, he finally makes it there, and he's tired and just wore out. And he looks at Jesus, and he's like, Lord, I'm here. And the Lord is, is grateful to see him, but he's also disappointed. He said, what's wrong? He said, you didn't bring anybody with you. You didn't bring anybody with you. You had room. You got yourself here. But you didn't bring anybody else. Which road do you want to take? It's a choice that you're going to have to make every single day. Ask your neighbor, which road do you want to take? Now, let's talk about, about believing just a little bit further before we go into the truth. Because Jesus promises to the disciples, we'll get this in a minute, he promises disciples that you will know truth. And the word know there talks about being intimate. The most intimate connection, really, that is available among uh, mankind, that is uh, having relations when husband and wife have relations one with another. And we'll stop it right there. <laughs> it talks about an intimate knowing. Not just, um, you know, you like my profile picture and I know about you. No, you know that person. You know that person. This is the type of knowing that the Lord talks about here. It's a very, very powerful word, very intimate word. You will know truth, not just know about it, not be familiar with. You will know truth. And that truth that you know intimately, that truth that you know will make you free. Because there's so many other things in this life that we are not aware of. There are so many lies that we're actually caught up in that we don't even know. And when we begin to know truth, it begins to break down the lies. The Bible says that Jesus is the way, the truth, and, and the life, right? No man comes to the Father except by him. Well, Jesus walked in truth, and he is truth. And what did we see Jesus doing? Well, we see him, because he has a higher knowledge of truth, we see him walking on water. That's a higher knowledge of truth. People, I mean, there's a funeral procession that comes in front of him. Because he has a higher knowledge of truth, he tells the young man that's in the coffin, in the grave procession, rise. He tells Lazarus, I know something else that you don't know here. He tells Lazarus, come out of there. He has a higher perception of truth. He knows truth and is truth. And because he knows truth and is truth, he's able to do things that the natural man could not do. And so Jesus said, if you continue with me, the word continue also means to abide. If you abide in the truth, if, that is if you continue in my word, continue means to abide. If you abide in the truth, that truth that you have been abiding with or that truth that you have been intimate with will cause you to have an intimate understanding. Yes. 
that is above the understanding of the norm. You'll know truth. Wow. And that truth is exposure, and that exposure will cause you to see life so differently. You know, there are things when we were, that we were afraid of when we were children. Something under the bed. Ooh, it's under the bed. It's under the bed. <laughs> Mommy, Daddy, help me. It's under the bed. <laughs> now that you're older, you just, you think something under the bed, you reach over in your nightstand and get your gun and shoot under the bed. <laughs> bang, bang, bang. Well, it's dead now. <laughs> well, it's dead now. <laughs> Maybe not with that extreme, but you understand. <laughs> it's in the closet, I'm scared. You just, bang, well, it's dead now. <laughs> yeah, no. Because the more you've learned, what happened? As you begin to grow older and mature, you begin to know truth. Your understanding began to change. And because your understanding changed, the way you thought about it changed and you weren't bound to those lies, now you walk in freedom. So Jesus says, if you continue in my word, his word is truth, then you are his disciples. And you're going to experience, he promises this to you, you're going to experience truth. You're going to intimately know it. Not just have a brush or a casual conversation where you meet somebody but you forget their name. What's your name again? You know? What's your name? You're going to intimately know this truth. You're going to experience it. You're going to see it before your eyes. And that truth will cause you to be free. It's kind of like that movie Matrix, you know. It will cause you to be unplugged from the lies of the system. Hallelujah. So, but if we decide not to continue in his word, that means we'll still be plugged into the lies of the system. You don't have money coming in. You must be broke. No, I'm unplugged, devil. I already know that uh, the Lord will supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes provisions for me. Hallelujah. I already know that I'm healed. Regardless of what you said, doctor, I already know it. I already know. I already have the victory through Christ Jesus. I'm unplugged. How am I unplugged? Because I cho I've chosen to continue in his word. How are you unplugged? Because you've chosen to continue in his word. Yes. Does that make sense to you? Yes. Here again, there's a decision that you're going to have to make on a day-to-day -day basis. Now, let's talk a little bit more about this believing. Uh, when people believe on Jesus, now grab a hold of this. This is very important that you understand this. When people believed in Jesus, when you believed in Jesus, Jesus cut away that part of you that was against God. He cut away that part of you that was against God. The Bible calls it the sin nature. Amen. Say with me, the sin nature. Amen. In effect, Jesus uh, gave you a spiritual circumcision. Amen. We're going to talk about that. But what is the sin nature? I'm so glad you asked. He cut it away, so what is it? No, it's not genes. What is the sin nature exactly? So we're gonna, let's talk about that just for a few minutes. The sin nature is that aspect in man that makes him, that makes us naturally rebellious to God. Are you hearing? 
When we speak of the sin nature, we refer to the fact that we have a natural inclination to sin. Given the choice to do God's will or our own will, naturally we're going to choose our own will to do things our own way. That's the sin nature. Proof of the sin nature, as we talked about last week, uh, we can find that in a child. When a baby is born and begins to grow from, let's say, six months up to three, you do not have to teach the child to lie. You do not have to teach the child to be um, selfish. The child will automatically say, mine, 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 mine. It's mine, it's mine. Who got the cookie? I didn't get the cookie, I didn't get the cookie. I didn't get no cookie. You got chocolate chip all over your mouth. All down. I didn't get no cookie. I didn't get no cookie. You don't have to teach the child that. But we go to great lengths trying to teach our children to tell the truth. And teaching them to share. It's already in us. As we learned last week from David, uh, the word of God declares that uh, from my mother's womb. When my mother became pregnant with me. Sin was already present. So that sin nature is that part of us that's naturally rebellious to God. It's in you. And this is the thing that Jesus has cut away. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, snip, snip. Snip, Jesus has cut that away from you. Aren't you glad about that? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, there are other consequences of the consequences of the sin nature, uh, and these are hostility toward God, ignorance of the Lord's word, and also the inability to please God. There's an inability to please God that is all wrapped up in the sin nature. Let's look at Romans 8. Romans 8, verses 7 through 8. Now, I want to show you this out of New Living Translation. This is so good, it makes me want to scream. Help me out. Ah! Thank you so much for helping me out. I appreciate that. Uh, Romans 8, verses 7 through 80. Y'all ready? It says, uh, this is our New Living Translation. It says, for the sinful what? Nature is always hostile to God. You thought I was making it up, didn't you? No. It's always hostile to God. It never did obey God's law, and it what? And it never will. That's why those who are, st- who are still under the control of their sinful nature can what? Never please God. Jesus has cut it away. Isn't that something? Yeah. Let's look at now. Let's go to uh, 1 Corinthians, the second chapter, verse 14. 1 Corinthians, the second chapter, verse 14. We'll read this out of the King James Version. 1 Corinthians, second chapter, verse 14. It says this. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. That's the man that's still under, uh, still has this in nature. You do not receive the things of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Are you hearing? So again, when people believe in Jesus, he cuts away your sin nature. He gives you a spiritual circumcision. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Now let's look at this in the Word. Let's go to Colossians, the second chapter. Colossians, second chapter. We're going to look at verses 11 through 15. Is anybody getting anything out of this today? Colossians, the second chapter, verses 11 through 15. So you can add to your daily confessions, Jesus has cut away my sin nature. Jesus has cut away my sin nature. Jesus has performed a circumcision, and he has cut away my sin nature. You be confessing the word of God over your life, declaring a truth over your life. Isn't that something? Instead of saying, I'm no good and I'm, I don't know why I keep sinning, Jesus has cut away my sin nature. I thank the Lord he has performed a spiritual circumcision and has cut away my sin nature. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, now let's look at this. Colossians, the second chapter, verses 11 through 15. It says here, now, of course, now all of these things we're talking about here, the fact that you're learning this are benefits that God gives to those who continue in his word. So you're beginning to learn who you are because you are continuing in his word. But what if you did not continue in his word? Then you wouldn't know these things. You wouldn't know what God has already made you free how he's already made you free. Are you with me? Let's go. Colossians 2, verse 11 through 15. New Living Translation says this. When you came to Christ, you were what? Circumcised, but not by a physical procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your... Come on, the cutting away of your... Can y'all see that on the screen? You need to read that. You need to write these things down. The cutting away of your sinful nature. For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized. Have you been baptized? You were buried with Christ when you were baptized. And, uh, and with him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. Verse 13. You were dead because of your sins and because of your sinful nature uh, was not yet cut away. Are you hearing? Then, say then, then, then God made you alive with Christ for he forgave all your sins. He canceled the records of the charges against, against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities he shamed them, pub- shamed them publicly uh, by his victory over them on the cross. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Isn't that awesome? Amen. Let me bring this to you uh, closer. Let's say you have a criminal record. Let's say you got a rap sheet. You people say on TV, boy, you got a rap sheet so long, it's, you know, whatever. It's long. It's like the DA or whoever is trying to come against you, and they say, well, we got, we got your record, and we know the things you did, and this is what we're going to use against you in the court of law. Well, God said, what? I've taken that away. I've nailed it to the cross. There is now no more record of your wrongs. It doesn't exist anymore. Hallelujah! doesn't exist. He took it away. He took it away and he nailed it to the cross. What happened on the cross? Jesus was actually nailed to the cross. You remember that? They actually nailed him to the cross. 
the charges that were brought, uh, that the devil was bringing against us, how we had sinned, how, how we'd done all these things and all of that was nailed to Jesus on the cross. But listen, not just the sins that you have already done, but for all the sins of your entire lifetime. Every sin that you would ever commit was nailed to Jesus. Some would say, well, no, that, how is that true, Pastor? How is that true? Because, you know, I can understand, Pastor, I can understand how Jesus took all the sins away that I already did, but how can he take away the sins I haven't done? Understand something. Even for you to say that he took away the sins you already did, understand that Jesus did that over 2,000 years ago. The whole work is already completed. All the charges of your entire life were upon the body of Christ. What do we do now? We confess the sin that's in our lives. But the charges that the devil could bring before you have already been nailed to the cross. Your sins were forgiven because God knew already who would receive Christ Jesus. Already knew it. And those sins were upon the body of Jesus, and Jesus was nailed to the cross, taking your sins and my sins away. Isn't that wonderful? So he made an open show of the devil. Now let's go and begin to close today. So again, how was this done? How does believing uh, in Christ take away our sin nature? Thank you for asking. I'm so glad you asked that. And we, we know this because, <clears throat> this is how, because when you were born of Adam, you took on Adam's nature, the nature of sin. We're born fleshly, and we took on the nature of Adam, that sin nature. But when you were born again, born of the Spirit, you took on Christ's nature, Amen. a new nature. And this new nature, which is now in the image of God through Christ Jesus, does not have that old sin nature. The only way to solve the problem is that you've got to be born again. Remember when your mother was pregnant with you, you were already a sinner. But now as we are born again, we left that old stuff behind and we become a new creation. Is that making sense to you? Let's look at this in word. Let's go to 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17, out of New Living Translation once again. I use, I use New Living Translation a lot because I'm, I, in some cases it breaks it down in a way that we can really understand. Yes. And it is my goal to make sure that you understand it. Yes. All right. So 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17 says this. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ, does anybody belong to Christ in here? Anybody belong to Christ? I, I, I can't hear you. Anybody belong to Christ? Amen. Okay, okay, here we go. So this means that anyone, say, it's talking about me. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person, right? The old life has gone. A new life has, has begun. Isn't that wonderful? That old is gone. You actually really had a new birthday. We still celebrate the birthday from our old life. We understand that. But you actually have a new birth date. When you gave Jesus Christ your heart and your life, 
You became born the second time. You're twice born. And it is that second birth that cuts away. Through that second birth, Jesus cuts away that sinful nature that was against God. Anybody understanding that? Let's go just a little bit further, then we'll close out today. This new sin nature, I mean, now let me tell you about this, this new nature. This new nature is not prone to sin. The old nature was prone to sin, but this new nature is not prone to sin. It is not living towards sin, this new nature. Say with me, I've got the new nature. nature. Now let me prove it to you. Let's go to some scripture again. Let's go to 1 John, the third chapter. 1 John 3. We're going to look at a few scriptures, then we're going to close out today. I'm actually going to show you this scripture in two different translations because I really want you to get it and understand it. All right? So it says, 1 John, the third chapter, verse 9, out of the King James Version, says this. Whosoever, do I have any whosoever's here? Whosoever is born of God. Do I have them here? I have to hear you. What? The lights are so bright. I mean, I have have to hear. Do I have anybody here who is born of God? Okay, I think I hear a few people here. Okay. Whosoever is born of God doeth not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him. The Spirit of God remains in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. What? What, Pastor, what are you talking about? I know I got Jesus in me, but... Well, let me help you uh, with another translation because I can go into some Greek and break some words out, or I can just read another translation. Let's look at this out of the New Living Translation. This brings it closely here. It says, here again, same thing, 1 John, the third chapter, verse number nine. It says, those who have been born into God's family. Anybody been born to God's family? Yes. I'm sorry, why? Yes. Oh, thank you so much. You got, you know, you got to help me with these. Those who have been born into God's family do not make a practice of sinning. So that's what's really, really meant in the Greek. Don't make a practice of sinning because God's life is in them. So they can't keep on sinning because they are children of God. That old nature, that sin nature was prone to sin. It couldn't stop. But now that we have a new nature, the nature of Christ, and the Spirit of God lives on the inside of us, that Holy Ghost is going to get on you when you do something wrong now. You think if you're born again, you can keep on, keep on, keep on, keep on, keep on? The Lord is going to, listen, he, uh, he will, he will uh, chastise, rebuke those that he loves. Hallelujah. So you cannot live, you cannot have a lifestyle of perpetual sin. The word tells me I cannot. So what do I do? I confess it over my life. If I have any issues of sin, I confess it over my life. I cannot live in that because God's seed, the Holy Spirit, lives on the inside of me. I declare that that is the truth and the rest is a lie. Are you hearing? Here again, the Lord said, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciple. 
You're going to follow after me. You're going to do what I do. Now, let me stop on this thought. There's much more. Let me stop on this thought. Jesus said, the works that I do, you shall do also. Who's he talking to? He's talking to the disciples. Oh, he said, the works that I do shall you do also, disciples, ones who have agreed to continue in my word. The works that I do shall you do also, and greater works than these shall you do. Why? Because I go unto the Father. Now, notice something. There are two time periods there, as he spoke of. He said, the works that I do shall you do. Talking to the disciples. And then he said, greater works shall you do because I go. Another time period, because I go to the Father. The greater works were not revealed until Jesus went to the to the Father. So even the disciples at that time were not authorized, could not go into the greater works until Jesus left. Jesus has gone into the Father, so that qualifies us to do greater works. Greater works. Jesus uh, ministered under the Old Testament. He brought grace, but he was still under law. He ministered under law. That Old Testament law was not done away with until his death, burial, and resurrection. So he ministered under the law. Perfectly, without flaw. Are you hearing? Blameless in every regard. No sin with him whatsoever. So the works that he did, he did under the Old Testament law. He said, greater works you're going to do because I'm going to enact the new covenant. The covenant of grace. When I am resurrected, there's another dispensation that will come out. So you'll be able to do even greater works, disciples, because I am starting something new. Remember, he came to fulfill the old and start the new. Does that make sense to you? So Really, truthfully, the New Testament does not start until actually the book of Acts. Because a testament, you know, a testament is like a wheel, right? It's a wheel. A testament cannot start until the death of the testator. Right? If you have a wheel that gives me all of your stuff and it's in the wheel, I can't have it until after you croak. Until after you depart from this life. So there are many things that Jesus had to say to the disciples and do with the disciples that he could not do until after he died. But Jesus is is the only one in history that is able not only to leave a will and die, but to come back and to enforce his will. Isn't that something? He rose again as his own attorney, and he meets us all there and says, okay, this is what I left you in my will. It's enforceable because I did, in fact, die. Hallelujah. But now I'm alive to tell you what I left to you. Isn't that awesome? Hallelujah. So he's not leaving it to an angel or to someone else. He's personally doing it, personally telling you what he left for you. The promises and the blessings that he left for you, he's personally administrating his own will. 
Somebody will get that. I know you're getting that right now. He's personally administrating his own will, making sure that you receive all the promises. Give God a hand of praise. We're done today in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Give him a hand if you really appreciate that word. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We understand. We understand, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Say with me, Father, I thank you that through Jesus Christ, you have cut away, snip, snip, my old sinful nature. I thank you that I have received a new nature that follows after you. I thank you that my sins past, present, and future were nailed to the cross. The devil is defenseless now. He has nothing over me. Nothing on me. You've taken it all out of the way. I agree with you that I cannot practice sin and that you're making me holy. You're making me godly. I agree with you that I am yours and you are mine. We love you in Jesus' name. Now give God a hand to praise. Hallelujah. Somebody's getting that. Somebody's getting that. Somebody is breaking free today. Somebody is breaking free today. Hallelujah. So if you've started on the road with Christ, you've started believing, great. Hallelujah. Now you have to decide to continue in his word. Make sense? Make a decision to continue in his word. And we do that every single day. Now, those of you that can stand, please come on and stand in Jesus' mighty name. We pray that you are blessed today by the ministry. Remember, if you would like to hear this message in its entirety and even hear the entire series, just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. That's www.kingdomrock.org. We will be so glad to connect with you. While you're there on the website, make sure to consider a financial donation in support of the ministry. And don't forget, if you're in the area, stop on by and visit with us every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and Wednesday night at 7 p.m. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Stop on by. And don't forget, while you're on the website, sign up for Kingdom Inspirations. We believe it's going to be a blessing to you. All right, until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.